Jasmine and Beauty Podcast starts right now. Welcome into another edition of the Asman and Budic Show. I'm Jake Asman. He's Dan Budic. NFL offseason in full swing. A lot of big-name players have been cut. A lot of big-name players rumored to go elsewhere in free agency. So we thought it'd be a good time to have on longtime friend of the show and ESPN NFL insider John Clayton on. John, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for inviting me. John, with free agency just a few days away, what would you say the biggest story of the NFL offseason is thus far? I mean, I don't want to go back into the plate gate because I gobbled up too much time last year. I think at the moment it's probably, you know, what's going on at the quarterback position. You know, we'll start to figure out. I mean, clearly Peyton Manning's the big story because Peyton Manning is, you know, waiting to see if he's going to get uh, – what's going to happen with him. So that's going to be obviously one of the big ones. And is he going to retire or not? And if he's not going to retire, is he going to go through the ordeal of being cut? So I think that's a big story. And then certainly what happens with Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco, you know, it does not appear to be a trade market because uh, there's just not many options. And so now there's a choice. I mean, do you keep him in San Francisco when he's not happy, or do you let him go, figuring he very well could go to the Los Angeles Rams? And so I think those are are the the biggest stories right now. But, of course, it's an ever-changing dynamic because, you know, particularly at this time of year with free agency, cuts, you name it, minute by minute something's happening. John, you mentioned Deflategate, and I'm sure our audience doesn't want to hear too much about that story. seems like every day there's something else that's coming out. But Tom Brady was recently in the courtroom, and we were told from various sources that it didn't go so well for Brady. What are you hearing on that end? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you kind of wonder when the three-judge panel and a couple guys are kind of shooting at the uh, defense. I mean, it's shooting at the, what was going on there, shooting at the idea that the cell phone was destroyed. They couldn't understand that. You know, one judge liked the PSI uh, readings and thought that was pretty compelling. And so, yeah, that was that was a huge surprise. And with that in mind, we'll have to now see what the panel's going to do and if they overturn it. And, of course, if they do overturn it, then the next step is it probably goes to a, uh, within that same district court, a uh, another one-judge panel. So it's like this thing may go on forever, but uh, based on what we, you know, the preliminary read on what was going on, it was probably not good for Tom, but that doesn't necessarily mean in the next step that they lose that they're going to, it's going to come back like that. Switching over to Colin Kaepernick for a second, John. If San Francisco decides to send him elsewhere, where do you think is the most probable landing spot for the quarterback? Easy to say it's going to be Los Angeles at the Rams. I mean, that's the team, I think, that would want him, embrace him, and puts him in. And, you know, like, for example, it's funny. story came out a little bit ago, that's a couple of weeks ago, that says, oh, yeah, Peyton Manning to the Rams. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, <clears throat> they want to be a running team with Todd Gurley. Jeff Fisher isn't necessarily going to go into a three-receiver set. So that really does not make too much sense. So now you look at the dynamics of uh, Colin Kaepernick. You know, if you now have Kaepernick in with the Rams, the linebackers have to set the edge because they worry about him running to the outside. That opens up more inside room. It's similar to when Michael Vick was in Atlanta and he had Warwick Dunn at the running back position. Now, you know, Gurley's a better running back than Dunn, and so that would be something that if you're San Francisco, you've got to worry about that. You don't want to be in a division where you take a $19 million quarterback and hand him over to a team that scores 17 points a game, you know, particularly when you're kind of going through a rebuilding process in San Francisco. So you know, my read is they probably have to keep him on the roster even if it doesn't want to be. And then, of course, if that's the case, they can go to the draft, and if they get Jared Goff or if they get Carson Wentz, 
then maybe they let him go there. But uh, at this stage, I think at the moment, he's stuck in San Francisco. And we're talking with ESPN NFL insider John Clayton. John, another quarterback in the news that's rumored to be released any day now is Washington Redskins quarterback Robert Griffin III. Where do you think Robert Griffin III could end up if he is indeed released by the Washington Redskins? Well, it depends on what happens with Kaepernick, because I think that uh, Kaepernick becomes the first option for the Rams, and then RG3 probably becomes somewhere in that 2, 3, or 4 range. Uh, so he could end up going to the Rams, but if he gets if Kaepernick's gone in San Francisco, I can see RG3 going there. Other options, I mean, I don't necessarily think that there'll be a debate a little bit in Buffalo whether to bring him in there. Kansas City, if they lose Chase Daniel, could bring him into Kansas City. And, uh, you know, there's, I'm sure there's going to be a couple other spots, but those are the main spots I would see right now. If Peyton Manning does decide to retire, is there any chance that Brock Osweiler isn't the guy next year for Denver and they go in another direction? No, I mean, I think Osweiler will go a couple days into free agency, realize his best option is to stay in Denver because, you know, one, the system fits him. Two, Kubiak works very well with him at quarterback. He's got a great defense and makes his life easier. And so then, you know, he can have two years on a deal, maybe at 12 or $13 million a year, where if he does well, he can be rewarded with a bigger contract in 2018. So to me, that seems like a pretty good option uh, because if he goes to someplace like Houston, Houston, and they have no running game and doesn't work out, I mean, that could be very difficult. So, no, I think in the end, it may take a couple of days in the free agency, but I think he's back in Denver. John, another Bronco free agent in the news is Malik Jackson. Where do you see Malik Jackson going? A lot of people think the Oakland Raiders are very interested in him. Yeah, I did have to figure, particularly that Oakland has to spend, Jacksonville has to spend. There'll be a little bit battle back and forth. But, you know, if you're Denver and you're offering $11 million and then you're Oakland knowing that he's going to be the highest paid free agent, most likely, who's not a quarterback, you know, what do you do? Do you go 13-5, 14-15? 15 is what he wants. I don't necessarily know if he's going to get that. But I think you know, if you're Oakland, you're compelled to top anything that they have. Jack Del Rio coached him. He's a good fit in that 4-3 defense. And so, yeah, I just think that you know, Denver will have a certain limitation to be able to get something done. But in the end, I think it'll probably be uh, Malik Jackson going to Oakland. John, are you surprised that Sam Bradford got a multi-year contract and Philadelphia decided to bring him back? So it's really like the Nick Foles deal. It's a one-year deal that you know you pay, you give a little guarantee to get the second year. And so if it doesn't work out, you can wash your hands on it and realize, okay, it cost you $22 million, but you got your quarterback. And what they looked at is that, one, I mean, he did get along pretty well with the team. He got better as the season went on. He felt very comfortable in the second half of the season, and he's a smart quarterback. I mean, Doug Peterson has taken the position that's like, okay, he's smart enough to do the audibles and do the things, check us out of bad plays, put us into good plays, and he's got the talent, the arm strength, and all those things. And so in the end, you know, they're they're taking a flyer on him at $18 million knowing that he's been there, and they're trying to keep continuity on that team. John, another quarterback in contract negotiations with their former team is Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Jets. Where does that deal stand right now, and do you expect it to get done? Yeah, it should get done. I, I can't imagine it not getting done because uh, where's Ryan going to go? I mean, it's like, okay, so you take 8 to $10 million a year from the New York Jets and be their starter. Well, it's not like you can go back to Houston where they basically traded you away, so you know there's no place to go there. I mean, you know, I don't think they move aside Josh McCown to put him in Cleveland. So, you know, you have one option and one option only. And, of course, 
you're liked there. I mean, the coach likes you, the players like you, you're a fit. And so for the Harvard guy, I don't think it's going to take too much smart to just find a way to get a deal done. And we're on the phone line with NFL ESPN insider John Clayton. John, a guy who got released yesterday by the Atlanta Falcons, that's Roddy White. What's the market heading into free agency for Roddy White? Limited. I mean, you know, first it's kind of like Steve Smith. You have to kind of clear the books and see where all the first waves of free agents go. And you know, because two things happen now when you're a 34-year-old back with a great past. I mean, one, you're probably moved into the slot. So now you have to kind of see where the younger receivers go in free agency and if they're slot guys and what that goes. And then number two, if you're Roddy White, you know, it's going to be more of a team with a winning record that might have a need for a slot guy. So uh, you really have to wait you know, three, four weeks to see what the market's going to be. But at this stage, I don't see anybody right now in that first wave for him. John, we've seen a number of veterans be cut so far, either for salary cap reasons or for lack of performance. Is there one veteran that's been cut so far that you think will have a big market from other teams in free agency? It's, a, it's kind of a down market in many ways. Uh, you know, I can see Janoris Jenkins probably coming close to $10 million. But when you really go back, and this is kind of this year's list and to a certain degree last year's list, you know, there's only of the top 44 unrestricted free agents that uh, went to different teams, you know, there's only two that made the Pro Bowl. You know, Darrell Rivas made it, and of course that was a natural because he went back to the Jets, and Mike Yapati made it for the Arizona Cardinals. And so you start to look and you start to see, you know, a lot of guys that may, will get good contracts, but they're not necessarily going to be Pro Bowl players. I mean, for example, if you go to Oakland or you go to Jacksonville, your chances of going to the Pro Bowl this year may not necessarily be as good. But you know, I can see that, uh, you know, Mohamed Sanu should get about a $5 million deal from Cincinnati because he seems to be in demand in the slot for a couple good teams. And I would have to think that, you know, the cornerback market's going to be pretty crisp. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, Greg Hardy's kind of an unknown what's going to happen with him. But as always, it's going to be pretty fascinating to see how fast it moves because, like last year, this may even be a faster market. John, another guy who got released earlier in the week by the Buffalo Bills, that's Mario Williams. Where's the market for Mario Williams heading into free agency this week? Well, I think there's going to be a real good market because you compare him to what happened to Julius Peppers when he was 30 years old. Julius went to Chicago and then uh, pretty much, you know, averaged like eight, nine sacks a year, both in the transition from Chicago and a 4-3 to a Green Bay and a 3-4. If you're Mario, you stay away from the 3-4 teams. And so you target teams like Tampa Bay, Oakland, maybe Jacksonville. You know, you go for those teams that are looking for that pass rusher who can get you 10 to 12 sacks. And so I think that uh, he's in a real good spot. Uh, and I think that he'll get a pretty good price on the market. NFL insider John Clayton of ESPN joining us right here on the Asman and Butik Show. John, thanks so much for a couple minutes of your time. Yeah, thanks, John. We really appreciate it. Okay, hey, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Asman and Butik Podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.